Hello and welcome to the Information Podcast. My name is Tim Nostrand. And I'm Brian Reynolds. CEO and CTO, respectively, of Information Technological Holdings. And today we have Drew Dalton and Kayvon Alomi from TAB. That's Travel as a Benefit. Uh, it's it's a really exciting uh, company that we're going to be talking about in depth. We're going to be talking about their company, uh, the story of how they came to be, Drew's previous and current venture, Real Threads, and then employee wellness in general. Travel as a Benefit is such an amazing program. Employees volunteer to contribute to their tab card, and employers match it so that when time comes for travel, they have all the amenities that they want. It's a really great episode. Stay tuned. So first thing first, we'd like to cover employee happiness. Now, Drew, I know that before working on Tab, you were at a company called Real Thread. Can you talk a little bit about what you learned there and why employee happiness became so important to you? Well, I think early it really goes back to my story really early on of starting the company. I was really searching. This was this was honestly probably one or two years into the company. So, you know, 10 years ago, uh, maybe eight years ago at this point. But I was really searching for my why. You know, I really was trying to discover why am I, you know, starting this business? Why am I doing this? And I really discovered a couple things. A, I wasn't like crazy passionate about t-shirts. I like t-shirts. I like wearing t-shirts. Love t-shirts. But I wasn't nutty crazy about you know, starting this, uh, you know, starting and creating a t-shirt company for t-shirts sake. So I knew I needed to find some reason, some deeply like strong, passionate reason um, to get me out of bed in the morning, you know, to take me uh, through those deep, um, those deep periods of darkness that we all go through when we're starting a company, you know? Can be a very lonely journey. It can be dark at times. Um, the the valleys are deep, but you know the summits are are extremely high as well. So I really landed on the fact that my why was around the employees from very very early on. I said that I wanted to create a company that people loved to come to every single day, loved to be at, loved who they work with. Loved the system and processes that they worked, you know, with and in and around. And ultimately, you know, that was that was kind of that North Star for myself as the founder and CEO of this company of, you know, that was the early, you know, or the early light to the path we were going to follow. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up company culture because we agree it's so important. Uh, you know, it drives everything from, you know, whether or not people even come in to what they're producing at the end of the day. So where do you think culture comes from? Is it something that you can engineer or is it something that happens organically? I think there's there's an aspect of both, but I believe culture can absolutely and should intentionally be designed and engineered. Absolutely. 
uh, you know, how you structure your employees' compensation is going to drastically affect culture. For instance, are uh, your salespeople compensated on commission? Mm-hmm. That the, the answer to that is going to drastically um, affect how the salespeople are motivated, how likely they are to work as a team. If if the empl- if our team was compensated on you know a commission structure based on their own productivity and their own output, they're going to be a far less likely to help other employees. Mm-hmm. Because they're not going to be compensated on commission, you know, they're not going to get compensated from those, you know, that order, those orders, and that that help that they're providing. Um, and then, secondly, there there becomes a very territorial approach to any orders coming in and the accounts in general. Could we change it? Absolutely. Uh, could we shift the culture? Definitely. But that's an example of how how. The compensation structure is going to shape the culture of the organization, and that's just one. That's just one example. Sure, there are countless examples of those where that are going to affect the culture of the organization. Um, another one that I ran into the other day was a locked cabinet. Okay, I said this locked cabinet. What's the message it's sending to the team? Okay, when this cabinet with materials in it that the team needs is locked. To me, the story I told myself was that this lack this locked cabinet says to the employees, we don't trust you to keep this open. Mm-hmm. That's going to then affect the culture within that team. Okay. That you know the story they could tell themselves is my managers keep this cabinet locked because they don't trust me. Therefore, I don't trust my managers, okay, if they don't trust me. And it can be a pretty vicious circle, you know, that you get into when, when you know, that starts to happen. So uh, it's, you know, oh, my gosh, the engineering and design of culture is a big, big hole. Totally. I mean, we always see this. Uh, people talk about culture a lot. Some people choose not to invest in it and we say that you know company culture comes into existence whether you want it to or not and if you're not doing these things to engineer that if you're not being intentional with the way you create your culture the way you guys are then you know you run into a situation where the culture creates itself and that might lead to great results but you know it doesn't always and so i i love the way that you talk about it i love the way that you've sort of built this organization around company culture I feel like this is a good segue to talk about tab. You know, the idea is is really simple. Um, the it's thought it's looked at very similar to a four hundred one k or HSA healthcare savings account, wherein that the employee puts money in every single month. Okay, much like their four hundred one k, and then the essence of it is the employer makes a matching contribution. Okay, the common. Um, uh, contribution is $100 per month per employee, okay? That then the employer is making a matching $100, you know, $100 contribution. This happens on a per pay period basis. Uh, and so that's the idea. Employee, out of every check, they're investing into their, their essentially their travel account. 
The employer is then saying, I believe in this. I want to help you. I'm making a matching contribution. And then the employer simply issued a credit card, a tab credit card that is tied to those funds. All right. And that card is then only authorized for travel purchases. Wow. So think flights, cars, hotels, cruises, but it would be declined at, you know, uh, Apple Best or Best Buy or, you know, the restaurant across the street. Okay. So it's, it's, you know, tailoring those funds to be used for the intended purpose. When you say uh, tailoring those funds, would I be able to use the card at a restaurant or a Best Buy in France? Um, that is actually an employer choice, okay? How they choose to let their employees use the card. So they can, you know, restrict the card. It works internationally. They can, re, you know, keep the card restricted and keep it focused on travel-specific expenses, all right? So... Obviously, you know, um, a restaurant would not be a travel-specific, you know, merchant, okay, or expense, right. nor, you know, Best Buy, I think was your example, if they have Best Buy in, in France, right? Yeah, um, Best Buy's in France. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, if the employer chooses, they can, you know, they can open up the spending restrictions for the employee while they're traveling. So, obviously, food is a, you know, a popular um, expense while one is traveling. So if the employer says, hey, yes, let's open it up so you can do that, absolutely that's possible. Mm -hmm. So I, I he, I've actually hear some similarities to what you were saying before about the locked cabinet. And I can see situations where opening up the card and trusting your employees to use it for its intended purposes could have you know, a lot of substantial benefits here. And, and I think that people, you know, would, would really appreciate that sort of uh, freedom to use it in a way that, you know, ultimately benefits their travel. Uh, so I think that's really cool that you leave it open and, and sort of let employers make that decision so they can, you know, kind of define their culture the way they want to. So you are passionate about employee happiness. How did that, how did TAB come to be? Well, I was, the actual event, the, the spark of it, the genesis of this idea was sitting around a lunch table with the Real Thread leadership team. And we were talking about this employee wellness and what we could do to really help the team. And someone mentioned the idea of paying for their vacations. And I quickly wrote it off. My financial mind did and said, that is absurd. We are not doing that. And that was the end of the conversation nearly at that moment. But over the next couple months, it kept resurfacing the idea to me. And... This idea of paying for vacations was reframed um, in my mind to not paying for their vacations, but paying for memories, paying for experiences, mm -hmm. paying for family bonding, and uh, just really those, those family memories as a family unit doing things together. Mm -hmm. 
and when I framed it that way for myself, this goes back to kind of my own childhood memories. But when I framed it that way, I said, man, I really want to invest in that. That is amazing. The experiences that we as a company could help give our employees, I would, you know, it, it's priceless, okay? I, you know, it, it's far more valuable to me, you know, as a leader, as a business owner, um, creating these lifelong memories than, you know, the money that it costs us, you know, to, to give these trips and experiences. So it really, uh, you know, it started out as, a, as what I felt like was a silly idea. And then it came around once I reframed it and really saw the value of what we were actually doing. And it kind of became not, you know, why would we do this? But why would we not do this? Right. And I feel like once you had that moment where you really understood that you believe in this idea, when did you, what was the assessment of the benefit landscape? Once you started figuring out, okay, this is a real company, what are your competitors? Well, so the idea, you know, going back, I, I, I said it was kind of rooted in some childhood memories. So I grew up the oldest of three boys. My mother uh, raised us for the most part. My father is an alcoholic, was not all that, you know, present in our lives as we were growing up, okay? He's an entrepreneur as well. He worked hard, play hard, okay? So he was either working his tail off or he was playing golf with his buddies, you know, and then visiting the 19th hole, um, playing cards, you know, until, until into the wee hours, all right? right. And that's what he did. And however, the as much as I know, like, as much as I don't remember him being present in my childhood, I remember one thing extremely well, and that's every summer since I was literally nine months old, we packed up the car. We lived in northern Indiana, and we drove to Hilton Head, South Carolina, for two weeks every summer with five other families, my dad, um, you know, our family, and then five of his fraternity brothers from, from college. So there were six families. We, you know, rented two houses on the beach in Hilton Head. And again, we've, we've done this literally every single year since I was nine months old. And it just, I have such fond memories of that, those trips as a family unit. Again, knowing my dad was, was not present you know, throughout the school year, my soccer games, all that kind of stuff. But the memories that I have together as a family were so vivid. While the rest of, you know, my childhood was so foggy, I said, you know, there's really, there's something special here. And it, so it wasn't, it, it wasn't so much as surveying the rest of like the benefits landscape as, as believing in the power of, of experience. Okay. And I felt like, you know, the research, there's plenty of research to back up the value of travel. Yeah. Father-in-law is, you know, nearly 60 and he's, you know, uh, this weekend telling me about, you know, he was reading an article about, you know, how good it is for uh, seniors to be traveling and how they, you know, feel younger through all of it. Yeah. And, 
there's again, there's plenty of research that just talks about the value of travel. So it was just one benefit after another from, you know, an individual wellness standpoint, an employee productivity standpoint, the family memories standpoint, um, you know, just employees going and experiencing new people, new things, specifically traveling internationally, new cultures, the creativity um, that they're exposed to is um, unlike any, there, there's no other benefit that has the value packed into it that travel does. Okay. It, it's the benefit that, uh, that employees actually want to use. Okay. So I'm all for health insurance. Okay. I love, you know, I love having the stability of health insurance. Sure. But do I actually want to use my health insurance? Of course not. Okay. It's extremely expensive and I don't want to use it. Whereas tab on the other hand is actually extremely inexpensive compared to health insurance. And it's a, it's the benefit that I actually want to use and that the company actually gets value from me using. Okay. The company doesn't get value from me using my health insurance. What does that mean? It means I'm, I'm sick. Most likely it means I'm going to miss work. So it means I'm, I'm less than optimally productive in some way. Okay. Whether that's mentally or physically or whatever it means. Whereas travel, am I out of the office while I'm traveling? Of course. But the, what I come back with once I'm done traveling and the, the experience and the value that I bring back is just far outweighs the cost to the employee or to the employer or A, the time miss and B, investing in my travel. Can we talk a little bit about how employers think about this compared to other things they might be spending money on? Well, the, where my, my mind goes is just the simple ROI, okay? I'm kind of a finance nerd. So I like looking at things um, in, in terms of numbers and cents. So I, yeah, I gave the quick example earlier in terms of how expensive health insurance is. Okay, you know, uh, I mean, easily a couple hundred dollars a month. Okay, for the employees, you know, employees health insurance. Whereas tab, you know, like I said, the the common contribution from an employee um, and therefore an employer is a hundred dollars a month. One of the things like. Just given that this space of, you know, it's like mental wellness program being so new and embracing travel as an actual benefit that it's not just benefiting the employee, but the employer is actually benefiting as well. Um, I mean, the use case scenario of it is you could be going travel, you know, retra- recharge and refresh, you know, you're, you're, it's, it's subsidized to a degree by your employer. But what does that mean at, from, from the employer's perspective? And that's the biggest hurdle that we're really challenged with, right, is showing the employers that there is value um, and it's more of an investment than an expense um, to, you know, to the cash flow statements and the fact that they gain just as much out of it dollar for dollar, if not more. Uh, and, and the biggest thing that it's really addressing and like the, the overarching premises is employee burnout. Um, so employee burnout is really sabotaging the workplace. I think like over 96% of HR managers are saying employee burnout's affecting the workplace. And a, a burned out employee typically goes and looks for greener pastures, right? So 
retention rates are low. Well, uh, I mean, there's studies done out there that the, the, the cost of replacing an employee is on average six, six to nine months of their that position's salary. And I, I'm pretty sure Society of Human Resource Management conducted this survey. So think about a $50,000 a year employee. I mean, you're, you're doing at least six months, six to nine months. That's 25 grand to, to replace that position, which also drives up recruitment costs. Um, especially with companies that are growing and expanding rapidly right now. I mean, unemployment rate being 4%, it's really competitive in the sense of, you know, attracting and retaining top talent. So, you, you know, you really have to find an edge in terms of recruitment or outspend your competitor, which gets really expensive. You know, tab helps with that. Um, I can't remember, like, especially with millennials, it, it's like 96% of employees say they're actually motivated by travel incentives. Um, so the companies that have been adopting TAB, we've seen it as a real edge in terms of recruitment. Uh, and it, it actually can save on recruitment costs. And then the biggest one is just, you know, productivity that you get from an employee. Um, it's, I can't remember, it was some travel council, there's a study out there, but the actual, like, before you, um, before you even consider the effects on productivity, offering travel as an incentive it, in order to do it, to achieve the same uh, effect and incentive that travel does, the employee's total base compensation would need to go up eight and a half percent. So let's use fifty thousand dollar employee uh, a year, right? With eight percent, you're talking, you know, almost five grand a year. Well, if you're matching a hundred dollars a month, I mean, that's only twelve hundred dollars a year. So it's just, there's actual economic impacts, positive economic impacts to the bottom line of a, uh, the employer's balance sheet that once you start understanding and realizing it, you're, you're, it's easy to see it not just as an expense, but an actual investment. And it's a win-win the whole way around, not just for the employee, but also for the employer. It's, it's, it's quite interesting the impact that a travel does, does to the organization as a whole. That, that compensation increase stat that you just provided was so powerful to me because I see this as, you know, the cost of travel presumably does go up slightly year over year. If you guys get involved in the supply chain, maybe it doesn't have to. But that's more of a fixed cost, whereas compensation increases, we know law of exponentials, that's going to, you know, just compound and compound and compound. So that... I definitely see the value to an employer uh, of seeing that sort of like cost savings when it comes to achieving that same sort of retention rate. So that's really awesome. These days, employees tend not to operate the way our parents' generation did, where they'd work at a place for 30 years or, or so. And I feel like the benefits, the ROI on a 401k is not as big as the benefits of a travel card. I, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. So, I mean, you know, um, yes, 401ks are for, you know, Certainly, and any millennial, uh, right? I mean, I think oldest millennials at this point are maybe thirty-seven years old. So even for those millennials, you know that uh, that four hundred one k is what thirty years down the road. Okay, uh, whereas your employer right now is certainly putting into that. I mean, like you said, it, the the duration 
Okay. And the tenure for employees now versus what it was are in our parents, you know, or grandparents generation is, is not nearly what it was. So I think you're absolutely right in terms of the ROI for the 401k for the employer is far less. Now it's still a great thing. They're, you know, they're helping the employee, um, hopefully find a sense of financial security. For sure. There's plenty of benefit in that for the employer in the here and now in terms of employees that feel financially secure. Okay. Them, the well-being of that employee is, is worth a lot to the employer. So all for that. But in terms of that down the road benefit, I think you're absolutely right. You know, most employers, you know, aren't going to see that. They're not going to see the benefit personally in terms of their employees staying there. Jumping back into the product, I wanted to talk about destinations. Is there anything on your end that's encouraging people to go one place or another? One resource we are building out, though, in the meantime, is uh, something that we're calling Tab Guide. Um, so I, I don't know if you're familiar with like the Michelin Guide. So um, back when Michelin Tires actually launched by two brothers, they built out a guide uh, of like restaurants to eat. Uh, across France as a, a way to, uh, to encourage tire sales. Well, we actually started something called Tab Guide, and every, uh, two times a month we highlight a destination, and it intervals between a domestic destination and an international destination, and it highlight uh, the destination and where in the destination that you can things that you can eat, where you, where you can stay, and things that you can do. In many ways, here it, it's there's actually a really exciting opportunity to sort of play in the space of the iTunes for vacations. You know, you can ultimately become sort of a marketplace. You can work all the way down the supply chain from, you know, the flights to the hotels, whatever partnerships are necessary to make that happen. Uh, and you really have a powerful opportunity there to, to sort of, you know, end-to-end -end connect the travel experience. And I think that's, that's a really, really cool, uh, you know, possibility is that part of the vision oh believe me i mean it's part of the vision absolutely i uh, i mean i've you know kind of jokingly um uh, talked about uh you know the the tab casa or tab hotel you know sure. that we could theoretically you know um create an experience by actually owning property that you know we have users that have money to spend and, you know, crafting um, an experience for them at our own resort um, is, is something that really intrigues me. So what are some interesting vacation stories? You know, I'll tell you a story that uh, from about four weeks ago, an employee at Real Thread, he recently went to Norway. He was there, he spent 10 days there. Did the whole thing on his tab card for seven hundred dollars. Wow! Granted, he had family there to stay with, or friends, or family, or something, so he never had to pay for lodging. But he did this whole ten-day Norway trip, you know, round trip for seven hundred dollars on his tab card, and he, he came back and you know he pulled me aside. He said, "Hey, man, Drew, I just want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to travel like this." He said, this trip was, what, did, what were the exact words I used? I think he said, you know, it was life-changing. 
Wow. He said. Um, and that was, I mean, it really touched me. The trip touched him. Uh, and, and so that was an amazing experience. And, and um, man, yeah, that, that's why we're doing this is, is for that reason. And that's all for today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we were talking with Tabs, Drew Dalton, and Kayvon Alomi. If you want to learn more about Tab, go to tabcard.com. That's T-A-A-B card.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to hear you next week.